Welcome back to Worship Weekly. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share Worship Weekly with someone else this week. This week's sermon is There is a Serpent Behind the Hedge. We'll start reading in Ecclesiastes 10, verses 1-20. through 20. Music this week is Jesus, O oh Jesus, Come Fill Your Lambs by the Scotland Evangelical Presbyterian Church Choir.
I'm going to give you a message. There's a serpent behind the edge. I want you to listen to me real closely. It's a real good sermon. It's in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 1 through 20. I'm going to read verse 8 where my text is. He that uh, diggeth a dead pit shall fall into it, and whosoever breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. And the last one, verse 20, Curse not the king, nor not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber, for a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and that which has wings shall tell the matter there. You need to read all of that chapter. Yeah. There's a serpent behind the hedge. Is what my message is going to be today. There's a serpent behind the hedge. Just for a few moments, I want you to give me your divided attention. It will help somebody. More than that, it will be a message that will save someone. This is a very serious sermon I'm going to deliver today. There's a serpent behind the edge. In Palestine, the vineyards are usually hedged around most of the time. It's a hedge made out of stacked rock or hard clay. Those same edges, as they called in Palestine, are used as landmarks. That's what the scriptures is talking about in the Proverbs when it says, Remove not the ancient landmarks. Proverbs 22, 28. If you were to travel in Bible lands today, you would see many of those landmarks. Sometimes they're low, sometimes they're high. But most of the time, they're just stacks of rocks that make for a fence or a hedge around the area then on the top of those rocks or piles, thorns, and many, many thorns. The construction of that so-called head makes a haven for snakes. Everyone in that land is aware of that, and they watch for the snakes in that edge. Our text gives a warning. Be careful about breaking the edge and reaching over the edge, lest you be bitten with a serpent. I wish you would listen to me. Whoso breaketh a hedge, a serpent shall bite him. Take this text home today and don't forget it. God's people are a hedge. Thank God for that. I'm glad that we're not just in this world with no protection from the world and from the things of the world. I'm glad I can repeat report to you that we as the believer of God are edge people. Look at me in your Bible in the book of Job. Job was a very good man, very dedicated man, one of the best man, men in his day. Job was a man, very unusual man. There was a time when he went to worship God and the devil came right along with him. And the devil does that when you go to worship. He's always coming along with you. He loves to go to church. Take control if you can. The devil always goes along on occasions like that. The devil will never leave you alone when you are doing something for God. Look at verse 10. I want you to notice here that God had a hedge around Job about him, his house, about all that he had. You talk about a man fixed, fit, being fixed up. There was a hedge built around Job had protected, Job had protected his household and he protected everything Job owned. I want you to know that God has a hedge of protection around us. He protects us. He protects our families. He protects our possessions. Listen to me. 
the devil and his imps can only go so far when God says, that's it, that's enough, you can't go any further. There's that hedge. Can you imagine living in this sinful, ungodly world without having a hedge? I want you to look, if you will, at Proverbs 34, 7. I want you to know that the anger of the Lord encamped every day, all the time. Thank God. I want you to leave here. Lord, you're a privileged people if you're saved. Secondly, God hedges or strong hedges. I read the book of Proverbs where it says, Remove not the ancient landmarks. Proverbs 22, 28 and 23, 10. Some of the commentaries tell us that an enemy will come sometimes in the wee hours of the night and take those landmarks, especially small landmarks. They will move them over just a little bit unnoticeable even to the owner of the land. The next night, the same process is followed, and the next until they steal all the land. Here being camped around us, there are not little weak landmarks that can easily be removed. God, to, glory to God, there are some by big landmarks around us, strong landmarks, great landmarks. Thank God for that protection. Young people, sometimes you take your situation for granted. Just for a few moments, listen to me while I name a few landmarks. The home is a hedge. Young people, you listen to me today. The greatest protection you get from sinful and the wicked is that's out of the, in the world. It's protection of the home. That's around you. How many of you young people take it lightly? How many young people we see making fun of daddy's rules and regulations that make fun of his whippings. That's some crowd sneer at their mother's calling her an old lady, their father as an old man. Teenager, listen to me. If you get in trouble, run to your father and your mother. Talk to them. Open it about the problem. That's the edge that God has given you. What a hedge. A godly daddy, a godly mother. Thank God for a daddy and mother who has rules and regulations. The church is a hedge. Oh, thank God for the church today. It's a haven of rest. Have you been out yonder in that cold, cruel, wicked, ungodly world, hearing for six days cussing, ratting, and raving, drinking, stealing, and rubbing shoulders with that ungodly crowd? It's wonderful to come to the house of God when the Lord's name fills God's presence. If you're saved, you ought to be identified with the church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, read it. Listen to me, when the world is on fire, the church will still be existing. The safest place for you to be in is in the church. When your soul is heavy and your mind is confused and you're in need, run to the church. That's the place where God meets with his people. Church is a hedge. David said it in Psalm 26, 8, Psalm 27, 4. The Bible's a hedge. I preach on the King James Bible. I don't think none of them other ones have. I believe the King James Bible is the word of God for us today. The Bible that I'm preaching to you is a hedge, one that is built around every believer. Matthew 24, 35. Read it. This wonderful book that I'm preaching out of is a hedge to protect you from your devil and the devil's crowd. Stay close to it. 
something about this book. They can be cussing and telling dirty jokes. And all of a sudden, the side of the Bible changes the whole trend of conversation. Why? It's a hedge. That's why this book has the answer to every problem you have today. You say, you don't know the load I'm carrying. I don't care what load you're carrying. The Bible is bigger than your load. The conscience is a hedge. There's a little preacher that acts as a hedge. He's called of conscience. He's a stinker. I mean, just when you're fixing to indulge in something that you ought not to indulge in, all of a sudden he pulls up his pulpit and he begins to preach. What you're committing that sin, while you're committing it, he's pointing a finger of accusation saying, you ought not do it, you ought not do it, you ought not do it, you ought not do it. You shouldn't have done it when you go ahead and do it anyway. He comes back and says, you shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have done it. You put your head under the pillow, and he's under there. You shouldn't have done it. You shouldn't have done it. Don't you turn a deaf ear to that, little preacher. Don't you seal your conscience to it. Still, that his preaching doesn't bother you anymore. You fool if you do. Why? Because that's one of the hedges that God builds around you to protect you from this world that you live in. Third thing is the danger of breaking God's head. It's possible. It really is for you to break over that head. You can if you dare. I'm taking a chance. When you reach over the edge and beyond that edge, there are serpents in the edge. You know what's happened to us? Do it once and we get by. Nothing happens. It doesn't change the fact that along in the edge, somewhere, there are serpents and you don't know where they are. When the serpent's tracks, a lot of folks will know. Young people, you can't disgrace their home. Make light of daddy, make light of mother. Pay no attention to the prayers of daddy and mother and get by. Some of you teenagers, if you did what you ought to, you'd go to your mom and your daddy, put your arms around them in this sense, and say, Daddy, Mama, I want you to forgive me. I've talked back to you. I've sassed you. I disobeyed you. There's something. There's some here that says I don't care what the Bible says. I had an experience. Listen, you better care what the Bible says. When you break God's hedge, the serpent's gonna bite you. You can't get by with it. I hope you listen to me, teenagers. I'm concerned about you because you're the future of the morrow. You are church of the morrow. You're the Christians of the hour. And I just want you to know that you need to get right with God. Grown up, you need to get right with God. If you're lost, I want you to pray a sinner's prayer in a few minutes and ask Jesus to come to your heart and save you. You know, Romans 10, 13 says, that whosoever shall believe God upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can be saved and get eternal life. Now, would you do that? Pray that prayer with me. Bow your head and close your eyes. And ask Jesus to forgive you all your sins. Tell him you're sorry that you've sinned. And ask him to come in your heart and save you. You open the door of your heart to let Jesus in. And if you do that, you get eternal life. If you're saved and you're living in sin, ask Jesus to forgive you of those sins. Ask him to get you back right again. Only the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died for you and I that we might have eternal life. 
God sent his only begotten son to die for us. And you ought to thank him for that. And if you're a Christian, you ought to live. People ought to be able to look at you and listen to you and know that you're a Christian. And if you're a Christian, you ought to be able to tell people about Jesus. And I want to say I thank you for listening to me. And I get some response from this message. Thank you all. Amen. This is Reverend Danny Jackson from the First Faith Baptist Church in Rogan, Louisiana, talking to travelers on the radio. We'll let y'all know that you need to get saved if you're not saved. And if you are saved, you need to go to church. And if you don't go to church, you ought to be shaming yourself. <laughs>